welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Welcome back, one and all. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. I'm Ryan Aris. I am joined by Dr. Joe Boot, and we're picking up uh, the second episode in this new series on uh, Ezra Answers Back. We're going to uh, we're going to stick with that name. Nobody has written in to say that uh, that they hate it, so we're going to uh, going to keep on. Uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, issues that are uh, major uh, top items in the news. Uh, today's discussion is the the uh, present and uh, ongoing and unfolding situation in Israel and Gaza. We're going to deal with the uh, the religious root of that conflict, some of the uh, the geopolitical implications of it, and uh, discuss what uh, what we see uh, in contrast with uh, with man made kingdoms, the kingdoms and empires of the world. And of false religion versus uh, the the growth of the kingdom of God. Before we dive into that discussion, just a quick reminder that we have three Mission of God uh, tr- uh, conference events coming up this uh, this season before the end of the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the first is going to be in the UK. Uh, that'll be in Daventry on November fourth. Joe Boot will be there. Uh, as along with uh, Ezra Institute fellow Graham Leach as, and uh, some of our friends from Christian Concern who are uh, partnering with us to put that event on. We're looking forward to that. Uh, and then back here in Canada, we've got uh, two more Mission of God conferences. November 2nd, going to be in Windsor, Ontario, and November 9th in Calgary, Alberta. All of the details, uh, registration opportunities are on the website, ezrainstitute.com, and we'll, uh, we'll put a link there as well. You're not going to want to miss that. So, Joe, it's good to be here. This is, a, uh, this is a sobering and serious conversation today, and before we, before we dive into some of, the, some of the meat of this discussion, a, a real quick kind of summary this is, as I mentioned, an unfolding situation. There are many unanswered questions. Many people are already identifying uh, nefarious conspiracies, uh, which we're not interested in at the present. There have been a lot of predictable public responses in the form of uh, divisions down the line of which side is more deserving of support or aid uh, or whatever it is. And what we want to do here, uh, speaking of uh, reformational thought, uh, we want to be, first of all, cautious of oversimplified answers, uh, because our goal is to get to the religious root of this situation. So in, uh, in point form, real quick, before I turn it over to you, Joe, uh, 6.30 a.m. roundabouts uh, this past Saturday, uh, Hamas launched thousands of missiles into Israel from Gaza in a surprise attack uh, on Israel that left about a thousand people dead and approximately 2,500 casualties. Uh, at least at least 11 Americans were killed and many other international uh, residents of other countries uh, and many other suspected casualties, as well as at least 100 hostages taken uh, by 
militants into Gaza, including uh, women, children, infants, and the elderly. This, uh, the, the attack was launched on the 50th anniversary of the 1973 Yom Kippur War uh, that, uh, that saw Israel uh, defending itself against uh, Egypt and Syria. And Joe, I'm not sure if you've if you've seen this yet. I only saw it this morning, but uh, the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has in fact publicly condemned uh, demonstrations in support of Hamas here in Canada. So, and I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see to see that. So, the uh, yeah the international implications are significant. Uh, the military, political, economic implications. Uh, that's all uh, going to be a factor. Uh, significantly, uh, the uh, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has uh, has boldly declared that Israel is at war. This is not just sort of routine military activity that uh, that Israel finds itself sort of habitually engaged in, but this is uh, this is a level up from that. And one of the things that uh, that we were talking about uh, before we before we got on that I want to open up with uh, is the the fundamental religious character of this conflict. Joe, maybe you could uh, you could start with that. There is there's a lot of historical hist- historic doctrinal baggage between uh, much of the evangelical West and uh, and Israel, uh, which is going to be part of that discussion, but. Uh, even closer on the ground, there is there is a religious aspect and uh, perhaps even a fundamental uh, religious aspect to this conflict. Maybe you can start us off there. Yeah, I think you make some uh, important observations about the, the the situation as it now stands on the ground, Ryan. Um, and uh, yeah, we want to get to the um, religious uh, root of it. A couple of thoughts, though, occurred to me while you were uh, speaking there and introducing the issue. Um, it is, of course, encouraging to hear that uh, Trudeau is, can manage to bring himself to condemn uh, protests in support of Hamas in um, in Canada, especially having paraded a Nazi through the House of Commons recently and uh, had given Quite. that man had a standing ovation, um, so he's under immense pressure um, uh, to, uh, to 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 make a uh, would have been under immense pressure to make a statement on this, and I'm sure we're all relieved that that's happened. Um, of mm. course, in America and in the United Kingdom, um, strong statements were, were made um, uh, some time ago uh, on this issue, and the U.S. Uh, the United Kingdom and even the European Union do regard Hamas as a terrorist organization. So yes. this is not a um, uh, a Palestinian army. Um, this was not a declared war. Uh, this is a this is a terror group um, that we know is supported by Iran uh, and um, uh, given succor and support by Hezbollah to the north as well. So there's a kind of nexus of um, a relationship there. And, and uh, I believe the head of uh, Hamas is actually residing in Qatar. Um, and so one of the phenomena that we've seen in Canada, in the US, in the UK, 
is uh, basically demonstrations and protests coming out, Australia as well, actually, um, in support of Hamas. That's right. Uh, and of course, yeah. the majority of these people um, uh, profess um, um, the Muslim faith. They, they're largely uh, Muslims. In fact, in Sydney, um, they were chanting uh, that the Jews should be gassed. Um, and uh, there's been some horrendous, um, uh, in fact, a public statement was made by the British Prime Minister only a short while ago um, about these um, uh, demonstrations and how they were going to be dealt with. So you can see that the issue is not just about, you know, a run of the mill sort of security incursion into Israel, which have you know been fairly frequent, normal things you hear about a periodically a, a missile going over the border from some um, improvised uh, uh, weapon. Now this this was a uh, this was a full scale attack um, mm-hmm. by land, sea, and air uh, in, in a surprise assault, and people were being murdered. Uh, massacred in their own homes. There was a, a festival being celebrated by a large group of young people. Somewhere around 250 of them were simply murdered and gunned down where they stood. Uh, there are horrific stories of children being bound and shot in front of their parents, as you've said, mm-hmm. uh, people being carted off as hostages and then hidden underground in Gaza. So this w- was an um, an almost unprecedented um, assault. We've not seen anything quite like this from Gaza. Um, Gaza, of course, shares a border with Egypt. And so uh, as um, Israel responds to defend itself here, and of course they are, they themselves know, I mean, Israel as a nation state is in a sense surrounded by its enemies. Um, mm-hmm. And they know that um, uh, they they cannot show weakness at this point. They they have to respond in force to deal with Hamas. Uh, I think saying dealing with it once and for all is probably a stretch because of, we'll talk about the religious root of the problem. Um, but but this um, terror organization does have to be dealt with, and. Um, People are able, I mean, Egypt has it perfectly within its power to open its border to refugees uh, fleeing Gaza yes. temporarily while this um, situation is dis- is dealt with by the Israeli um, forces. Um, America has, has sent, as you would expect, a carrier group, one of its aircraft, I think its largest aircraft carrier has been sent to the region to try and deter other actors from trying to take advantage of Israel's vulnerability right now. So this is a this is a very very uh, dangerous situation. Uh, there are some analysts who would say that Russia has also encouraged this um, to try and draw a, a focus away from the the, the theatre um, in Europe. Um, uh, rightly or wrongly, that's uh, that that's so. So there's all kinds of analysis of the situation going on all kinds of political commentary uh, going on. But unequivocally, what we can say is that this is um, an extraordinarily brutal and um, terrifying assault on uh, Israel uh, and its people, uh, and it does need to be uh, answered. Um, 
I I was just reading um, this afternoon um, about the fact that a, that a grandmother has been uh, publicly executed and the execution recorded and posted onto her own mm -hmm. Facebook page. These are some of the things that are taking place. Um, a woman, a murdered German woman, actually, was stripped naked and paraded around by a Hamas on the back of a truck um, while people were spitting on her body. So this this is not a couple of rockets being fired over, as you say, from uh, Gaza. Um, it's important that you know our listeners do understand the ex extent of what you've described there. At least nine hundred mm. now confirmed dead in that uh, from that initial uh, assault that was made um, in Israel. So one of the things that I think is difficult for us uh, in the West when we look at this is trying to comprehend what sort of people would do these sorts of things. Um, it's one thing to right. declare war and invade another territory. Um, but these kinds of uh, brutal acts of barbarism are very, very difficult to comprehend. Now, um, I think you alluded to perhaps the first thing we should just briefly touch on. You alluded to um, some of the theological issues that initially come up in this sort of situation. And I think sort of a misdirection right. of the problem happens when Christians take hold of a situation like this uh, as simply a spur to some sort of eschatological fervor and fever, um, usually rooted in some kind of yeah. dispensational hermeneutics um, about uh, about the, the nation of Israel. And the um, defining characteristic of that sort of theological posture is that God has two peoples. Yes. This is the really essence of the, the dispensational position that there are two peoples of God, one, uh, the Jews, and the other, the church. Uh, and that um, God has a separate plan for both, and that somehow the nation-state of Israel is some sort of independent prophetic indicator of God's eschatological plans for the world. Um, suffice to say that um, uh, we don't accept that uh, dispensational position because for quite frankly, the Bible teaches against it. Um, That's right. Most emphatically, of course, in Ephesians 2, Paul makes crystal clear that of the two, he has made one. So God does not have two peoples, um, his church, and then some sort of independent plan uh, of salvation for ethnic Jews. There is only one plan of salvation, and that plan of salvation is in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jew and Gentile gathered together in one body, uh, the uh, the body of Christ, the Church of the Living God. And so, um, whether we are Jew or Gentile, um, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, male or female, we are one in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is one plan of salvation. There is only one Redeemer. There is only one way in which we find peace with God and enter into the fullness of the kingdom and reign and rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is through submission to Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the tendency in these sorts of situations on the one hand is for, uh, for believers um, to uh, basically wheel out very tired um, 
now and rather aging notions of two peoples of God and um, independent apocalyptic prophetic plans that have to do with um, the nation state of Israel that now will are indicating that the end is nigh and so on. These things have been said, Ryan, so many times before uh, that we're almost at the point of exhaustion uh, with them, with uh, false prophecy and false predictions. And and, um, Jesus was absolutely plain after the resurrection in Acts 1, when there was um, eschatological speculation about Israel He said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Lord has set by his own authority that God has set. No man knows, not even the son, but only the father. Uh, And so the the return of Christ for the consummation of his kingdom uh, is in God's purview alone. Our task is to be witnesses and to witness to both Jew and Gentile of the salvation and kingdom of God manifest in and through Christ. So theologically that is the position of the bible (laughs) that has been Mm -hmm. the position of the historic church and only uh, bizarre aberrations originating in the 19th century amongst the plymouth brethren initially and then um through jn darby basically and then popularized through schofield the schofield bible um that that aberration has nothing to say in my view to this situation and indeed the history of the, the the reformation of the nation state of Israel, which uh, took place, as mm-hmm. you know, after World War II, when the uh, British um, Empire and Commonwealth was uh, essentially with the Allies redrawing the map of the, the Middle East. And um, a state was created for the Jews after the Holocaust and the pogrom, basically, that took place uh, throughout Europe under the National Socialists, under the the Nazis um, and their bitter uh, anti-Semitism. Um, so I, I think theologically it's important for us, as you say, to just to clarify that at the opening, that whatever we discuss here about religious roots of the conflict and the problem, what we're not talking about is some eschatological uh, end time speculation about the nation of Israel and the Russian bear and all of these sorts of, uh, of things. That's not what we engage in. Um, it's not mm-hmm. what the reformers engage in. It's not what historic evangelicalism is engaged in. Um, what we want is for, as Paul, the apostle himself, cried out for in Romans 11, is for a great ingathering of people of Jewish background um, into to recognize their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and be added to his church. There would be, a, and we believe, as of course, uh, at the Institute, having an eschatology of victory, that in due time and in God's purposes, there will be a massive ingathering of people with a Jewish background and heritage uh, into the kingdom of God and the life of the church. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, it's no surprise, uh, it shouldn't be a shock, that um, the 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 western powers um especially especially after what happened in world war one should seek to um protect and shelter and stand with um israel uh the the state of israel as i said was uh, was recreated at that time very different boundaries from the biblical boundaries of course but it was recreated a homeland for people of jewish ethnic heritage um, and since that time, 
um, the the major Western powers, um, and especially the United States, of course, um, has sought to protect Israel. Britain and the United States, in particular, have sought to stand with and protect uh, Israel as a um, uh, a country that has uh, stood with in the Middle East, uh, the West. Um, and has supported uh, democratic forms of government and the rule of law. So uh, from a political standpoint, um, that support has been significant and important. Um, But I also think there is an underlying religious uh, significance to that. Um, uh, uh, And that is that um, a um, a shared book... Uh, the Torah, um, which is at the and, and the prophets and the Psalms, what we call the Older Testament, at the which was the Bible of the early church. Remember, before the existence of the New Testament, um, uh, a uh, so a shared uh, set of covenant promises. Even though um, there's there's a blindness theologically that we see speak, spoken about in Scripture that that's been over the eyes of m- most Jews. With, with regard to the Messiah, um, there is a shared heritage there that is significant and important. And, um, and so the, the Christian powers uh, have um, historically, I mean, it was actually Oliver Cromwell who readmitted the Jews to England way back in the 17th right. century. So there is a long history of a desire to see the Jewish people come to know Christ and, there, and to be uh, protected. Um, there's a checkered history too, of course, um, in parts of Europe uh, with that. It's not that the, Europe's been without uh, anti, its own anti-Semitism, um, mm-hmm. but there has also been, especially, especially in the evangelical Protestant world, a desire to um, protect uh, Jews and Israel in, uh, in the modern sense, post-1946-47. So that that partly explains why when you see anti-Semitic protests and you see protests in favor of Hamas and so on, that you often see the American flag being burned and you hear chants of mm. death to Israel, death to America, uh, is because it is the friends of Israel that are also, um, also targeted. So that's the sort of geopolitical backdrop and a caveat theologically about what we believe about Christ and his kingdom um, and uh, the significance of the nation state of Israel is not the significance. We don't apply the significance that these um, end time eschatological peddlers of uh, of Gnostic mysteries um, uh, uh, see with regard to to Israel. Um, so with, with that said, um, we can talk about, I think, some of the, uh, the, 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 some of the mistakes that have, that have led to this uh, very quickly. Um, I think it was in 2005 that Hamas was elected um, to, to govern um, the re- that region. Uh, and right. um, uh, Israel, for the most part, has showed tremendous restraint, accepted that election result, probably shouldn't have, um, has um, multiple times um, sought ceasefires that have always been violated and broken by Hamas. Yes. And so uh, 
there's been this sort of perpetual effort on the part of uh, the state of Israel to try and be um, sensitive to the situation in which it finds itself. Uh, to it's had, of course, tremendous pressure placed on it to pursue peace, uh, to pursue a two-state solution, which it has offered. That solution has never been acceptable to Hamas or Hezbollah. Yeah. Um, as uh, Islamist organizations, they're not interested. And I think this is the this is how we have to begin to grasp the situation, is that they have never been interested in two states living alongside each other in peace. They've never been interested in peaceful relations with Israel. Um, they've used the donations of concrete uh, meant for the rebuilding of damaged buildings in Gaza for the construction of underground tunnels to hold hostages and from where to strike out against Israel. Um, they want the, the erasure of Israel from the map. That is their stated aim yes. and goal. Um, they're yep. not interested in the existence or the, the peace of an is, uh, a state of Israel. And so um, they perpetually fired rockets into to, to Israel. And as a result, I mean, it's my view that um, Israel's got no choice in this situation but to try and destroy the capability of Hamas uh, in a much more definitive way uh, than has been done uh, before. And, um, of course, the, the yeah. risk in the region is escalation. Um, and a lot of political effort will now be put in terms of both um, the, as I said, the um, an American carrier group, um, diplomatic uh, efforts behind the scenes to try and ensure that other actors don't get involved in this situation. So it escalates. And of course, we should be praying in those terms that uh, others don't get involved, um, that uh, the, the situation doesn't escalate um, and that uh, this organization can be dealt with. Of course, the wild card in all of this is Iran. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, Joe Biden has just been spending his time sending $6 billion to Iran. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in order to sort of buy, buy off Iran um, uh, to, to, you know, after the disastrous um, uh, arms deal, uh, nuclear agreement with Iran, which was undone by the Trump administration, of course, um, but this effort to, 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 to buy off a regime that does not believe in the existence of an Israeli state and wants the eradication of Jews. So, you know, that, it, it's like, you know, I try and say to, to folk in, in England, you know, imagine, um, imagine that Ireland, imagine that Southern Ireland, just off the, the coast of the mainland, was constantly firing rockets into England uh, and was a perpetual threat that didn't believe England should exist or should be allowed to exist, that believed that the English should be annihilated and destroyed. Um, and took every opportunity to make incursions. And then uh, imagine that um, uh, a thousand British citizens had just been massacred in their own homes uh, uh, in the English countryside and at festivals and so forth. Um, how would you deal with that? Um, and, and that's the kind of sort of mental situation that people need to try and put themselves in to try and understand um, what it would be like for Israel trying to exist when the government of Gaza itself doesn't believe that you should be there or exist at all. 
and is seeking your eradication. Yep. That's a very, very difficult position to be in. And um, yep. it has a, these are the geopolitical issues, but they have, as you've rightly pointed out, a religious root. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, this Middle Eastern situation, uh, as you mentioned, it has always been, I guess, you know, the diplomatic word is unstable. Uh, and for longer than you or I have been alive, uh, this is, this has been the, uh, the case. Uh, I was re reading just a little bit about uh, the history of the modern nation state of Israel. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, read a quick, a quick line. This is from, uh, the, uh, the journalist and historian Barbara Tuckman. Uh, this was published in 1967. Uh, she writes, No nation in the world has so many drastic problems squeezed into so small a space under such urgent pressure of time and heavy burden of history as Israel. In a country the size of Massachusetts, it must maintain national existence while subject to the active hostility of four neighbors jointly pledged to annihilate it and that's uh i thought <laughs> that, that was very well well uh, articulated well expressed i thought it effectually yeah. captures the uh, the reality uh yeah and you you mentioned that that the uh the stated aim of the uh, of the surrounding nations around israel uh is to wipe it off the map uh this is uh and there, there is a, a geopolitical, obviously, there's a, a geopolitical, historic, and ethnic component to this, but there, there is, again, there on the ground, there is another uh, religious dynamic that's, uh, that's powerfully in play, uh, the, uh, mm -hmm. the, the conflict between, between Islam and not, not just Judaism, but anything that is not Islam. Uh, do you want to, do you want yeah. to talk about that, uh, that is Islamist component a little bit in more depth? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, we do have short memories. I mean, that's a fantastic quote. And I, I think it sums up the situation very well. You know, the British were in Palestine. So my own um, nation yeah. was there and we know all about the difficulties of trying to keep peace in that territory, but people don't read history, Ryan. Um, and so mm -hmm. they don't appreciate these things. They have no relatively little context for them. Um, and you know, one of the things you see in, in the leftist media, in fact, there was a huge problem in Britain in the, in the labor party, um, which they are, they've been trying to stand on and suppress. Although Jeremy Corbyn, former leader of the labor party is, is still, uh, I believe a member of the party, um, is radical antisemitism. Um, and in fact, at the mm. last Labour Party mm -hmm. conference, Jeremy Corbyn was uh, actually leading the party. They were giving out um, Palestinian flags um, and uh, waving them on the front rows. And the the support is for was for Islamists and Hamas. And so there has been this uh, nexus of um, I would call it quasi worldview religious support for um, Islamist terror uh, organizations from um, the radical left. Uh, now, one of the things that you almost never hear in the analysis uh, that we listen to, and of course, this is what Ezra is ultimately about, we, we, we remark on some of these situations periodically, but we are about trying to identify and deal with the religious root of these issues. And that is the problem of Islam itself, the ideology of Islam. 
Now, of course, many of us uh, know Muslims. My own family spent um, uh, almost two decades in the Islamic world. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, um, Muslim people um, need to be dealt with individually. Muslim people are like any other people. They've got their own challenges and problems and aspirations and hopes and dreams and so on. Um, but Islam as a religious worldview and an ideology is a critical problem. Um, right. It's been a critical problem since its birth uh, in the seventh century. Really, it became a problem in the eighth century. Um, the long history of Islam's war against Judaism, against Jews and Christians, um, it's, uh, it's expansionism uh, out of uh, Arabia uh, into North Africa. Um, it's, uh, it's slave trade, 800-year slave trade in European peoples. Um, it's enslavement of Christian peoples. Um, there's a myth, of course, of the Andalusian paradise, and that's all it is, a myth. Um, a very good book mm, has been written yeah. on that. Um, Islam has had an intractable hostility to Jews and, and Christians for a very, very long time. Uh, as an ideology, that's inescapable because the, the Quran, the one of the major texts, there's three major texts uh, of, of Islam. One is the Quran. The other is the Sunnah, which is made up of two, two different texts. Um, and they are... A polemic, really. Islam is a polemic against primarily Christianity, uh, against Christ, the Trinity, um, mm. the way of salvation in and through Christ, and um, and the Jewish people. Uh, that's inescapably present in the text. We'll, we'll go to that in just a moment um, in some of the major texts of Islam. But this is, of course, what Western people generally and Western commentators don't want to face. Um, uh, and that that it is this uh, religious worldview, that it's this ideology that lies behind these geopolitical problems. They always want to think about it in terms of Ryan economics uh, or just geopolitical tensions, as though you can account for those, though you can account in secular Western terms, because of course we've been de-Christianizing for some time, and so we want to account in secular terms for these difficulties and problems. But you can't account for them in secular terms. And that's why the secular solutions that have been on offer to the problems in the Middle East won't resolve them. And they never will. Only a fundamentally religious transformation in the Middle East can solve the, uh, the tensions, the conflict, the, the, the wars, and so on. Now, of course, there are Christians among the Palestinians. There, there are, they are a very small minority. And of course, our hearts go out to those Christian people and uh, to those that, that to certainly those who are living in other parts of the world, thinking about their relatives uh, and friends in Palestine who are, who are Christian, who get caught up in this. And so, of course, we have to have sympathy for those people who are caught up in these things when innocents get caught up in them. Um, but fundamentally, this is... Uh, uh, a, the, a war of Islam against uh, the Jews and the Christians who support them. This is fundamentally what this is about. And this has been the case, Ryan, for centuries, for centuries. Uh, you cannot right. 
um, uproot it uh, without the transformation of the heart in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, because it is embedded in the very fabric of the worldview of Islam, the religion of Islam itself. It's embedded in there. You can't eradicate it with a diplomatic mission. You can't re re remove the problem with a smart bomb because the issue is fundamental religious commitment. And um, that's right. The religious nature of this conflict has to be grasped. Um, otherwise, people will never understand it's the perpetuating character of it. Um, you know, you think even about Afghanistan, Ryan, and, the, and, the, and the, the multiple occupations of Afghanistan and the attempts to, you know, bring peace there and establish government there and so on. You, you, the, the only answer to the problems in Afghanistan is to flood the country with missionaries. That's the, that's the only answer to the problems in these parts of the world that are riven by these um, hostilities and, and conflicts. Um, one of the one of the let, let me let me just highlight first of all um, uh, five things that I was thinking about with respect to the, the, one of the, some of the reasons why our media and commentators so struggle to grasp the the the, the real the, the real issue um, and why this intractable hostility to uh, the Jewish uh, people. First of all. The existence of the Jewish people, um, their, their, their presence, um, is an enduring reminder of the Bible. It's an enduring right. reminder about the covenants. It's an enduring reminder about God's deliverance of uh, a people out of Egypt and uh, into uh, a constitution that is given to them uh, uh, through Moses on the mountain and um, a, uh, a promise of a land if they would be obedient and faithful and so on and so forth. And then uh, most especially important, the preservation of the seed of the woman amongst this covenant people, the seed of Abraham, which is Christ himself. Um, the, the existence of the Jewish people uh, as having an, uh, a distinct identity is a perpetual reminder of that. It's a perpetual reminder of the Bible. Um, Jerusalem is a perpetual reminder of the Bible, of the scriptural text, of the story of Israel, of the coming of the Savior, of the Messiah. Um, that reminder is an offense to atheisms like Marxism, to paganism, uh, like the Nazi uh, ideology and to Islamist ideology. Um, you see this intract intractable hostility um, because it's this reminder of Scripture. Secondly, those who wish the eradication of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, those who want to be rid of the triune God cannot endure the existence of, of a Jewish state. Um, again, it's this perpetual reminder of this God. And because Islam sees itself as the last true, uh, the, 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 the true religion, the last manifestation of um, a prophetic line, of course, it wants to claim that the Muhammad is um, 
the last and greatest prophet. Uh, and that really Abraham was a Muslim and Moses was a Muslim and Jesus was a Muslim and so on. Um, that's the that's the Quranic reinterpretation of the biblical narrative, parts of which it borrows um, and, and muddles and distorts um, of seven centuries um, later, of course, and, and many centuries after the Torah, uh, but centuries after the, the New Testament. And so this mauling um, of revelation which then seeks to put um, Muhammad in this superior position, the assurance is that, that Islam will be dominant and it will prevail over its enemies, that the, the very justification in Islam of the truth of Islam is its geopolitical dominance and its, its ability to impose Sharia and the realization of the Ummah of, of Islam globally. Now, the, the presence, the constant presence of of um, Israel, and then of course Western support for Israel is a re is a reminder within the ideology of Islam that Islam isn't conquering, that it isn't uh, being applied everywhere, that it hasn't eradicated its enemies, um, that it doesn't enjoy a position of global uh, dominance, uh, and so that is a problem religiously for Islam. Thirdly we see in the West a coalition of radical Marxism um, and Islam. It's very interesting. It's, 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 this is one of the, the marks of leftism and, 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 and always has been, has been a support for Islam over against Israel and the Jews. Um, uh, of course, Marx himself was this sort of oxymoron of a anti-Semitic Jew. Um, right. who yeah. hated his own people and, and developed an ideology of, of, of hatred um, towards the God of the Bible and of the law of God and, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is the fulfillment of the law. So there's an interesting nexus there. Um, and the reason, point four, would be that the reason when you hear death to Israel being shouted and chanted, that you frequently hear death to America as well, um, is because the America represents the historic Christian West um, and the is a reminder of the, those who created, helped create the Jewish state um, and of a people, a Christian people who want the Jews to know Christ as Messiah. So the, the hostility then is directed towards those who support the uh, Jewish state. And then fifthly, Islam is intractably hostile to Jews and to Israel and to true Christianity. And that's not an aberration. It's basic to the teaching of Islam itself. And so you can only account for this hostility spiritually and um, religiously. Um, permit me to, 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 to cite a couple of examples. So um, first of all, historically, um, in Medina, um, back in the seventh uh, century, uh, Muhammad sat all day long beside one of his wives while they watched as the heads of 800 Jews were removed by the sword. You can find this in the life of Muhammad. This is Oxford University Press, um, published in 1982, page 464. Um, their heads were cut off because they said that Muhammad was not the prophet of Allah. And this was sanctioned by uh, Allah himself. Now, now, can you imagine if there was such an account about the Lord Jesus um, and the perspective that people would have of Christianity? 
Westerners tend to think that Islam is just like Christianity, but with a few differences. But it simply isn't. And the true comparison between Christianity and the kind of society that was built by Christianity and uh, is, it, it, with, with Islam is the comparison between Christ and Muhammad and the kind of society that then results when Sharia law, which is the f fundamental um, uh, rule of Islam, it's that the essence of Islam is Sharia. Um, when we begin to understand that, the logic of what is going on in the Middle East, the logic of what is going on with Hezbollah, with um, Hamas, uh, now in Israel, in the in Gaza, is, is is logical. You can actually begin to understand it. Um, this is uh, this is important because the the Islam regards the the kafir, the unbeliever, uh, who are called kafirs, which, by the way, is a often the unbeliever the, the the kafir is translated unbeliever in. Um, Western translations of the Quran, but the word is was kafir. It's a, it's a, it's an insult, and um, one of the requirements of Sharia law in regard to the kafir is that you fight against them, you battle against them, uh, that you do not befriend them, um, that they are opposed at every turn. So many people would not be aware that the Arabic word used um, of the non-Muslim is is kafir. And the kafir can be deceived. They can be plotted against. They can be um, invaded. They can be enslaved. They can be mocked. They can be tortured. 64% um, of the Quran is devoted to the kafir and uh, how they are to be treated. Um, nearly all, and thought about, nearly all of, 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 of the Sirah, 81%, deals with Muhammad's struggle with them. The Hadith, the traditions, devotes about 32% to Kafirs. So about 60% of the, um, the content of um, Islam in terms of its canonical um, uh, texts that, that are its authority um, is devoted to the, the condemnation of uh, the, the, the Kafir. The Kafir is cursed. Um, so in, in, in the Quran, in Surah 47, verse 4, we read, when you encounter the Kafirs on the battlefield, cut off their heads until you have thoroughly defeated them and then take the prisoners and tie them up firmly. In uh, Surah 86, 15, they plot and scheme against you, Muhammad, and I plot and scheme against them. Therefore, deal calmly with the Kafirs and leave them alone for a while. You can... You, this is why you have these periods of quiet and then suddenly these explosions of, of violence. Uh, Surah 8.12, the Kafir can be terrorized. And then, then your Lord spoke to his angels and said, I will be with you. Give strength to the believers. I will send terror into the Kafir's hearts. Cut off their heads and even the tips of their fingers. The, the Kafir is explicitly cursed in the Quran. So uh, they, Kafirs, will be cursed and wherever... They are found, they will be seized and murdered. It was Allah's same practice with those who came before them, and you will find no change in Allah's ways. That's Surah 33, 60. Um, and actually, Christians and Jews are uh, given a special mention. They are called the people of the book uh, in the Quran. Um, Muhammad's hostility to them was based upon the fact that they didn't accept his claims about himself. Uh, they didn't yep. accept his his claims to being the, the last and greatest prophet. They didn't recognize his claims. And so steadily, 
um, the Quranic material, the Islamic material becomes more and more hostile to Christians and Jews as uh, these um, alleged revelations continue. Um, in Surah 929, we read, make war on those who have received the scriptures. That's Jews and Christians. Uh, but do not believe in Allah or in the last day. They do not forbid what Allah and his messenger have forbidden. The Christians and Jews do not follow the religion of truth until they submit and pay the poll tax. That's the jizya, uh, and they are humiliated. So the the position of the dimich, the dimmies, the, this is the kafirs who are under subjugation to Islam, um, there are not, there's not one rule for all. There's not one, one law for everyone. In, in, in Islam, there's one law for Muslim males in Sharia, and there's one another law for women and the kafir, the unbelievers. And so um, this is the reason why Westerners so struggle to understand a society like Saudi Arabia or Iran, uh, and then struggle to, to understand uprisings uh, like this, this perpetual war on the Jews, and then you know, are baffled when they see um, certain uh, Muslims out in the streets in their own cities um, in demonstrations in support of Hamas. And, and they're, they're baffled mm -hmm. by it. They can't understand it because they haven't understood the religious root. Um, let me give you just a, a, a couple more illustrations in um, Surah 489. Uh, we read, but if they turn renegades, that is the uh, those who, are, who have Islam shared with them, um, seize them and slay them wherever you find them. And in any case, take no friends or helpers from their ranks. Uh, Surah 489. Oh, Apostle, um, this is uh, Surah 865. Oh, Apostle, rouse the believers to the fight. If there are 20 among you, patient and preserving, they will vanquish 200. If 100, they will vanquish 1,000 of the unbelievers, for these are people without understanding. Ryan, I could go on and on um, uh, reading different surahs from the Quran. Uh, surah 9, 5, for example, when the forbidden months are past, then fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them and seize them, beleaguer them and lie in wait for them in every stratagem. But if they repent and establish regular prayers and practice the charity, then open the way for them. So what people need to understand, and, and there, are, there are other texts that are so explicitly anti-Christian and anti-Jewish, we haven't got time to, to read them all. I would encourage listeners to our podcast to actually look at this. Um, most Christians are far too ignorant about Islam. They've not spent time reading the Quran. They don't understand the Quranic arguments, the, the Islamist arguments. If they did, they'd have a much better understanding of these geopolitical situations. Um, it's worthwhile, obviously, pray before you read it. Uh, make sure that you're um, being discerning. Um, read it with your Bible in your right hand um, so that you understand and are recognizing the difference. Uh, and, and there you will see this developing hostility and polemic against Jews and Christians because they've rejected the claims of uh, Muhammad. In my book, um, Gospel Witness, Ryan, you'll know that I have an extensive chapter on Islam and I would encourage people to get my book, That's Gospel great. Witness, um, and, uh, and read and digest that chapter on Islam so you can understand its basic doctrine and its basic ideas. But I've just given you there a very quick glimpse of 
of the is Islam's worldview and its view of the kafir, the unbeliever, um, and what it says in their core text. Now, bear in mind, many Muslims do not read the Quran. Many of them certainly don't read it in in Arabic. Many of them don't read it at all. They 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 are just told what Islam is by their Muslim preachers, and so they will often be unaware of this, and they'll be quoted uh, the Quran only um, very selectively about. Um, uh, there being no compulsion in religion and so on and so forth. Um, not being aware of the doctrine of abrogation within Islam so that the later texts which abrogate the earlier ones and so on. But I would encourage Christians, get acquainted with some of these core ideas because it will help you not only as you share your faith with Muslim friends and neighbors uh, in the West today, um, but it will help you understand these very difficult to, to grasp geopolitical situations and these sorts of atrocities, um, we will never get to the root of them until we until we understand this uh, religious root, this religious kernel. Um, and the only answer to it, right in the end, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, you know, in a way, we're we're coming full circle, or we're picking up where we we began, uh, not uh, not nearly in the way that. Uh, the dispensational theology understands it, but there is a, a very real uh, eschatological assumption uh, on uh, on the part of Islam in uh, in terms of uh, what you what you describe as geopolitical dominance, uh, and it uh, it contrasts starkly uh, with the way that uh, that the kingdom of God grows and expands by uh, you know by means of yes. righteousness, peace, and joy, and the uh, the growth and spread of the gospel. Absolutely. And um, the, I think you've just cited there um, uh, the text about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, and, uh, you know, when you think about these texts about how you ought to treat unbelievers in the Quran over against the Lord Jesus teaching in Matthew 5, uh, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who mm -hmm. curse you. Do not do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And um, where... Um, where we where we read in 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 the scriptures about our attitude uh, towards bringing the world into subjection to Christ, it's not about slaying and beheading and crucifying um, our, mm. the, those who 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 need to hear the truth, which is what we read actually in the Quran. But instead, we read, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth." Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to absorb all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And um, mm. that is our task. And, and of course, that is a task that includes lost Muslim people who are trapped in this yes. uh, ideology, uh, who find themselves in an intractable hostility or amongst those with an, an intractable hostility to Jesus Christ, uh, to the gospel, uh, to Jewish people, 
um, because of this uh, this deeply rooted religious hostility uh, to the living God. And um, just as we see that in pagan ideology, Ryan, and we and we saw it rise up in the Nazism in the twentieth century, and we see it in radical forms of Marxist ideology, this this visceral hatred. Um, and we've seen Marxist regimes, of course, around the world and on all that they've done. Um, this, this visceral hatred towards Christ, towards the law of God, towards the scriptures, um, and frequently towards the Jews, not just Christians. Um, this, is, um, this is a mark of a, of a spiritual and religious, uh, religiously rooted uh, hostility that, of course, ultimately has its origin in demonic powers and forces. Yes. Uh, for we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So at the root of these ide ideologies are uh, demonic powers and forces that want to keep people bound up and trapped. And so we have to take the gospel uh, to the Marxist, to the pagan, to the... Uh, to the Muslim, uh, who are bound up in these ideologies of hatred and despair and violence, um, and, and bring them to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, because of the increase of his government and of his peace, there shall be no end. He is, after all, the Prince of Peace. And uh, that is what we need to be praying for and working for as we witness to the truth of the gospel, and as we see these things playing out on the world stage, uh, recognizing that although we have a right to defend ourselves, our families, our children, um, that in the end, it's not aircraft carriers and, uh, and smart bombs and uh, ground forces and tanks that will uh, bring peace to the earth. It is only the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, that's a very important point that uh, that really can't be stressed enough. Uh, we'll uh, we'll leave you with that for this week. Good to see you again, Joe. Thanks for being with us. I remind you that uh, from him and through him and to him, that's Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, are all things. May He alone be honored and glorified. This has been the podcast for Cultural Reformation, and we'll see you next week.